with another episode of my funny friends as always i'm your host drew harrison and uh let me go ahead and just beef this guy up real quick you know he's been he's been feeling a little down when it comes to these intros but i know he's about to knock this one out of the park make it loud (laughs) like i'm introducing you at a comedy show make it loud everybody for your next comedian will abels everybody what are you doing? It looked like you were holding a banana. You didn't, I mean. My goal is to make these intros as weird as possible for you going my, forward. My goal is to constantly make sure the intro is as bad as it can possibly be, but also have a different look every single episode. Okay. Well, the beard's coming back in. What's going on with the stash? You know, the stash isn't really shining with the well, beard there. You know what? I didn't have time to shave today. And uh, you don't have to call me out for that. I'm just saying, I love the stash. Okay. Well, I love the idea of you holding a banana and just shaking a banana at at the it's, every it's morning. A, it's a, it's a baseball. It. It's a stress ball. Oh, so that's how you know the intros are getting good is you're squeezing a stress ball to start it. <laughs> well, Will, uh, who do we have with us this week as our as our guest? Well, today we have uh, a very exciting guest. Uh, he and I originally met because he sent one of the most professional emails I've ever received from a comic. And all my on all my days, comics are not the most professional. But back in <laughs> back in 2020, I got the most professional email about doing a Zoom show, and been known him ever since. And he's a fantastic comic, and I'm excited to chat with him, guys. Everyone, give it up for Damon Subner. Damon, hey, What's appreciate up, it, appreciate it, team. Excited to be here with y'all, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, the only time I ever got to share the stage with you was at a cigar bar and across from the baseball field with all the TVs on, no oh. one wanting to be there. I don't know about you, but I blew through about 20 minutes of material in about 12 and a half. Easy, easy. <laughs> <laughs> man, they did not want us there. No, they, did, they didn't want us there. Most of them didn't know we were going to be there. And that show quickly shut down afterwards. Yeah, that it did. <laughs> I, at one point, I was just trying to get somebody's attention. And I was That's like, who's, who's here for some comedy? And a guy got up with his cigar in hand, look, made a point to turn around and look at me and went, nah. <laughs> and sat back down. So I was I like, we love- are welcome. Oh, my god. I've been to that the cigar life, bar. of a comic. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been to that cigar bar. And they don't want you there even when you're just hanging out that's no, no. that one of the most intimidating bars i've been to my entire life well damon i always like to ask i always like to get it started with uh what year and where did you start stand-up comedy yeah so i started in 2010 here in atlanta georgia uh originally from shreveport louisiana man and um okay. uh one of my you may know him, may not know him great comic in atlanta david could uh, we started we started together at the Laugh and Skull Lounge. Uh, and that was a huge, that was a huge year for me. So 2010. 2010. Nice. Well, you say it was a huge year. What do you what all do you mean it was a huge year? In 2010, I, I started stand-up. I had my first child, and then I started teaching. I started my teaching career, which 
when I was, you know, and you can stop me if I'm going too long, but long no, story short, <laughs> long story short, when we had moved to Atlanta, my wife and I, we were trying to get on our feet, get situated, right? And I was like, ah, career-wise, I got a degree in journalism. That didn't pan out. I was wrestling uh, teenage girls for $12 an hour. That sounds weird. I was at a, <laughs> I, I, I was, was like, at, uh, I was making a mental note. I was like, all right, Drew, and we will edit that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, what's up? I was, I was at a facility where teens had been taken from their homes, uh, had been abused, neglected, and had a lot of, a lot of disabilities and, and special needs, if you will. A lot of, a lot of anger. And so I was like, this ain't what I want to do. And I had a friend was like, man, you ever thought about stand up? start stand up, you know what I'm saying, in 2010. And then I didn't really know, like, you know, what's going to pay the bills. You know, I'm a father of three. And at that time I had a, my first baby on the way. So I was like, hmm, I've always, I've enjoyed kids when they're not fighting me. <laughs> right. um, a little more tame version yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I got into teaching, man. And for okay. that next decade, it created the stability and the flexibility to really kind of to take my career to another level. And so that was just, that was a huge year for me. Nice. Now, do you get summer vacation where you can stack up the shows and everything? All of that. You get there that, you, you know, you got most of your weekends, you got your evenings. So it's really, there's a lot of stand-ups who have either been a sub or a teacher for a period of time. Yeah. Brent Blakeney. He's a substitute. Yep. Yep. Uh, Langston, Langston Kerman. There's, oh, there's okay. several. Nice. Gary That's Goldman fantastic. was a teacher for a while. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Noah Noah Gordon Swartz, uh, he he used to teach. Yeah, man, they all look I, like teachers. Yeah, <laughs> no one would ever take me serious. I'd walk in the classroom day one and they'd be like, "Nah," yeah, I'd be yeah. like, "That's fair, that's fair." But if I saw you pull up in a windbreaker, I'd be like, "He got a whistle." Oh, okay, Let's have a good dodgeball game. there, we, Let's go. there we go. Are we playing medic today? Did y'all ever play medic growing up? No, what's medic? It's team dodgeball, but on each team has a medic. And they have those little square scooters with yep. the wheels that would yep. claim your fingers, you know? Oh, yeah. So if you got hit, you had to drop. The medic had to come get you, come pull get you to you. the hospital, and you're safe. Dang. Only way to win is if you hit the other team's Hit medic. the medic. Amazing. <laughs> Great game. The good times, yo. When things right. were simple, dodgeball and the parachute. Easier yeah, I, time. Oh, the parachute. Oh. Yeah, I miss I miss the violence of, uh, of, of gym class when we were gr growing up, you know? Just... <laughs> floor hockey but you can still check them into the wall and just oh, fantastic stuff easier times yeah so let's uh let's talk early years damon so what what was uh what was shreveport louisiana damon like oh man uh rough <laughs> that's what it definitely, <laughs> was like. definitely rough single mom three boys man doing the best we bounced around a lot we, you know i'm originally like i said i'm originally from shreveport but my mom and my two younger brothers we bounced around back and forth by the time I graduated high school, we had lived in 17 different apartments. Wow. And, you know, and I, and I have a, I have a good relationship with my dad, present and past tense, but you know, things were still, still hard. And, uh, you know, I remember living in, in, in Texas and for a little bit here in Dallas, Texas area, and we would go, go to Shreveport for the summers with my grandma. And man, those, those were the times of nothingness, two channels watching soap operas with your granny, <laughs> eating a pound cake for lunch. Yeah. It was, it was a time, man, but it was, it was tough, but we made it. My, my grandma was all my children fan. Yep. yep. See, all my children is that ABC. My granny, yeah. my granny was at CBS, that young okay. and the rest was bold okay. and the beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. 
We I mean, we had a ritual at my grandparents' house in the summer. Or if you were sick, you watched. Bobby Flay used to have a cooking show at twelve thirty, yep. and then you watched all my children. <laughs> back to back. Were you a soap opera fan there, Will? Did you watch it with your grandparents? No. No. <laughs> Missing out, man. That's one of life's yeah. true gems right there. My, my grandmother would take me to a local theater every once in a while. That was that we didn't watch TV together or anything like that. Local theater. Oh, we had the, oh yeah, we had, pinkies up over I, there. I don't I don't brag, but uh, I've seen a play or two in Hagerstown. <laughs> Do you have okay. the, the little glasses from the balcony? Oh, of course. I had yeah, that was my that was my uh five year old birthday gift. Just <laughs> yeah. a little monocle to just see a little bit better. <laughs> I don't know my I don't know my my grandmother. Um, apart from the houses of her family members and grocery stores and like places to get needs, I've never seen her outside of those settings. So to mm-hmm. think of my granny at a movie theater or a theater, it just it just seems weird. It just seems real weird. Same, same. My grandma's entertainment was church on Sundays and then walking around the shopping centers with my mom sometimes. That's it. That's it. Well, I mean, my, my dad's side grandmother, she was very active. She was one taking me like movies and theaters and all mm. that stuff. But my mom's side, she was definitely more just like hanging. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. She was staying. No, home. Let's just hang out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, so Damon, who was there any uh, who was the bringing the humor in the family when you're all hanging out? You know what, man? We're so my uh, my brothers and I, we cracking up. That's what we did all the time. We used to have this thing called the tea party where on Friday nights, Mom would usually be at work. We would get into bed. It was bedtime. We'll get some Capri Suns and some Little Debbie. And we had this mantra of no one is safe. And we would just <laughs> roast and make fun of anybody <laughs> who came to our minds. And those laughs, man, they're just, those were classic moments. And I'm talking about like just, and not in hindsight, like it wasn't even like, like rude. We would just be just real factual. You know, he got that long shoulder. You know what I'm saying? And we would just get on you with your friend. You just cut up over dumb stuff. Yeah. But that was it. My 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 dad, my dad's not that funny. My dad's not that funny. Uh, my mom is pretty funny. She's pretty humorous. My mom is quite silly. I'm yeah. not really a silly guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if you got a friend who's like silly. My mom's yeah. silly. Yeah. Yeah, my mom's more of that roaster type mm. humor. You know what I mean? Like, wave at someone like did can, did you see what he was wearing yeah yeah you yeah that's where my mom's at <laughs> my, my mama roast you too but she like roast you like without whispering it was <laughs> the, i remember the last the time she came the last time she came to atlanta probably 2018 and we're at a thrift store little five points hanging out yada yada and we're walking around and she's in she's living in the suburbs of texas and so she don't see all the beautiful eclectic people like we see. And so I don't remember, maybe the hair color, maybe the shade, I don't know what was going on, but they were different to her. And she just walks by, the, the person, the stranger walks by. We're standing like five feet from her at the other rack. She just goes, oh, she smells like catfish. And I was like, we gotta leave right now. <laughs> You can't roast people in public out loud, baby. <laughs> well, I'm just blowing up the spot. I wasn't expecting catfish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now you know exactly how that person smells. So you're like, ah. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fresh catfish, not fried. But you know how that is when you're in the house 
like because my grandma used to fry catfish and chicken and all that stuff you just smell it's just on your clothes it's on like you. you smell like fryer for three or four days yeah just in your hair do you think it do you think it was because they were cooking it or do you think just no just she what, wasn't smelling good and, and my, and yeah. Here's the thing, my mom wasn't wrong, but that's right. what you say in your head, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what you yeah. say in your head. Yeah. No, the world needs to know this thing. <laughs> I always like a group, like uh, not a direct roasting where it's like, hey, who in here smells like catfish? You know, and they just put it out there and there's like a group of seven or eight of you. Yeah. I it felt so I, bad one yeah. time because I'm, I, you know, <clears throat> I was at work. I wasn't trying to be mean and I was just trying to strike conversation. And it smelled like hamburgers with onions. Mm. It oh, just no. smelled like someone ate a big burger with onions on it for sure. lunch. And I'm like, man, who had a burger? Who's burger? Huh? Who burger for lunch? And it was this girl's body odor. And I felt she shut oh. down. She was bright red. I was like, mm. ah, I'm sorry. She's not even meaning to. Just You didn't look at I didn't stop. Like someone else, someone could have just tapped me. I was like, burger. <laughs> huh? Who had a burger? Huh? Who, Who's holding out? Who on had that burger? Who had a burger? Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't like, but what, I mean, you didn't look around and just be like, is there a burger in this room? I there was isn't. on a roll, man. I was on a roll. I was going. I was cheering was everybody going, up because some people were laughing. Some people. Yes. Oh, that was it. That was it. One snicker. Uh, One snicker and you're gone. That's all I needed. You know, yeah. <laughs> I get that. I get that. All right. I understand. All right, so you're you you spent your childhood bouncing around. You're in Louisiana. What brought you to? What made you make that transition to Atlanta? So believe it or not, when so my wife and I went to the same college. So we got married. Got married in college, 21 years old, and then me and about I don't know 10, 15 uh, friends with my wife and I would move to Atlanta, adventure, mix it up, get out of Texas. And it was dope. It was dope because we moved here, poor, homeless, pregnant, uh, first kid on the way. So it was real cool and real beneficial to have that foundation with friends. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Sometimes you need just, you have those friends that come through at that right point. You know what I mean? Like I was in a weird place going through a weird time and y'all were there for me. And that's a, that's yeah. a, that's bond. That's a bond for life at that point. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and it's, it's so cool to have, I mean, it's just so different from what most people do, right? Like when you want to move to a new city, you usually have like maybe a roommate that you go with right. or you just go, you don't know anybody at all. So right. to have an entire group with you is, is pretty, is pretty awesome. awesome. Did you yeah. all live um, near each other? Like, I mean, was it like you, you took the community and you just moved the community into another community? <laughs> for the, for the most, yeah. For the most part, for the most part, we, um, a few of us lived together, you know, we have jobs. So it was almost like, college low-key for a little bit i mean we had came from college because kept it going. you know the first few months we weren't working you know we we're trying to survive off savings you know oh, yeah. unemployment here so we just at the house all day laughing <laughs> eating, <laughs> eating our feelings and so that was a that was a special bond that was a special moment for us because you know quickly thereafter you know and all at this time we're all roughly the same age right out of college between 21 24 give or take and um, and then one group, they have their first baby and then they move out and jobs and somebody else had their first baby. And then boom, it was it was different after that. Yeah. In 2010, man, that's a it's a tough time to try and be young and find a job. And, then, and on top of it, have a kid. Yeah. 
Well, because I had graduated with that degree in journalism. I thought I was going to be on Sports Center. That was my goal. So that was my dream. Famous yeah, that was my dream. Yeah. And the recession <laughs> popped off, right? Yep. That 0809 recession, and all the entry level positions were like not interested. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I had to go, you know what I'm saying, wrestle those ladies to bring bring some meat to the table. No, I hear you, man. I had to, uh, around that time, I had my, I had a body shop and the recession caved in on that. Mm. And I went and wrestled crazy people at the hospital trying to get them to go to their x-ray and their CAT scan and all that stuff. But yeah, I, that's, I, it. I that's really the benefit. That's the foundation of American country. When in doubt, as a country, you can go wrestle somebody who needs help and you can make it. Yeah, getting that getting that twelve dollars an hour at the hospital, being a transporter. <laughs> so what what was the what was the push? What was the push into the direction of doing stand up? Mm. So it's really it's really uh, random. I, I and it, the memory is foggy, which is bittersweet. But I remember being with great comic David Perdue, and um, we're hanging out with friends, and we're just chewing the fat, laughing. And somebody says, yo, man, you ever thought about doing stand-up? I had never thought about doing stand-up. I didn't really think stand-up was a real job, per se. Now, important to know about me, like many other stand-ups, a lot of times you'll hear their story. My mom used to put on prior records. So we used to listen, you know, to late night sets or, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. I didn't have any of that. I grew up in a very sheltered uh, Christian home where we were not listen to any of that profanity fam kings of comedy unacceptable <laughs> comic view shut it down you know what I'm saying? and so so i didn't really watch stand up really in general i mean growing up what is this the uh early 2000s i graduated high school in 05 graduate okay. college i was um, 2003 2009 so you know streaming is not there cable didn't really have cable so it wasn't nothing i grew up loving comedy because of my, my probably my brothers and friends but also sitcoms. That was where I got my, my, I love laughing. Fresh Prince, Barden, all that, you know what I'm saying? Say by the, uh, say by the bell, uh, family matters, all that just classic one-on-one sitcoms. GIF. <laughs> GIF, right? Yeah. GIF. And so anyway, he makes that statement to me. He says, yo, you ever thought about doing stand-up? And David and I, we go, huh? And we sign up for an open mic at the Laughing Skull Lounge in Atlanta here, October 27, 2010. And the rest is history, y'all. So, so that's awesome. You and David started at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and that's what I was, I thought David was already a comic. And then David said to you, you should try, because that's something that doesn't happen anymore. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know if I could tell you any comic in the last four years that's looked at me and been like, you should try stand up. You know, like <laughs> comics nowadays are like, don't ever do this yeah. <laughs> walk yeah. away if you're thinking yeah. about it don't do it you know so i that's cool that you guys got to start together so then yeah all right it's yeah the memory we, neither one of us unfortunately can think about who that person was because to be honest with you if that person had not asked that question i promise you, all jokes aside i'd probably be at, right now assistant principal somewhere like because hmm. education had came had my kid on the way or if not already there and, you know, it was stable. I was going to get the job done. I kind of right. had put the ESPN dreams to the side. And I was like, all right, you know, probably would have had, you know, probably would have been fine. You know, I, I take pride in being a good teacher, yada, yada, yada. But it's, it's really, it's really, I'm really grateful for it, especially to be there with another dude who was interested too. And yeah. so for the last 
you know, it's coming on, it's going to be 12 years in October. We've been pushing and, and doing everything together, man, ever since. That's, That's awesome, cool. man. It's great to have that, that person to, to be like, we were there day one. Oh yeah. yeah. You can't beat, I can't beat that, man. What, uh, so what did the first few years starting out in Atlanta look like? I mean, was it, I mean, how, how, what was the Atlanta scene like in 2010? Cause I've only really been affiliated with in the last couple of years. So hmm. it's huge now. I mean, I don't yeah, know if yeah, it was yeah. as big then as it was, as it is now, but yes. Yeah, so what were the first couple of years in Atlanta? Like, and what were, I mean, you said, you mentioned laughing skull, yeah. what other spots were you hitting? So it definitely wasn't as big and as prominent as it is now, especially nationally. Um, in my opinion, Atlanta is a top five uh, comedy scene in the country. Yeah. And I put that up with any with any scene. And so first few years, you know, was 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 rough in the sense of any, you know, open micer. You know what I'm saying? You're going out, you're bombing. Right. Like the first the first show, right? Friends are there at the skull, goes well. And then I bombed for the next three months. Like I remember bombing <laughs> for the next three months. October goes well, and then November through January, just trash. And so, you know, we probably had, I probably was going up on average about about three. I mean, again, Atlanta, Atlanta's, Atlanta's dope. I was probably going up about three, maybe four times a week back then if I was really Fantastic. going hard for it. Yeah. Just, boom, just trying to get up, get up, get up. Yeah. Driving, you know, any which way, you know, all type of shows, all type of rooms. You know, I had the homie David with me. So we would call each other on the phone and talk on the phone. and be like, all right, what shows are you doing this week? Okay, I'm going to do that too. Sunday, Thursday night. Okay, cool, cool. And we would just plan out our whole week around our open mic schedule. And now, you know, the scene has just continued to blow up over the last decade. Yeah. But those first few years, the, the spots were tight. So you would you would get a chance to see and really build relationships with other comics grinding because there weren't as many shows. So every Tuesday, I'm going to see you at Zuffy's. Every Sunday, I'm going to see you at Neighbors Pub type of feel. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's that's uh, something I've been getting used to with Nashville. Is like coming from New York to Nashville. Is I'm not used to seeing the same comics right. every night at the same spots over and over again. So it's it's it, it took like a couple months to adjust to it, but now I kind of I enjoy it a little bit. You know, yeah. I mean, there, there's this camaraderie that comes scene. with it, and this pushing and challenge. I mean, at least with some of the tighter comics I'm with here, we're like, okay, what you working on tonight, man? And yeah. there, there, there's an element of that for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like Drew and I will do that with each other. And there's some guys that are like, all right, let's just, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, light Will a little early tonight. <laughs> I mean, so you also cool. have that accountability too, you know, like, hey, mm-hmm. I hear that album's ready. You ready? Huh? Mm-hmm. When we, you send yeah. that email, you, you hit yeah. up that booker. That, that, all of that, all of that. They're like, yo, man, you on that podcast? I'm like, hey, here it is. Boop, throw it to them. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to like Atlanta, kind of, because I agree with you, I do think it's a top five scene in its. Yeah, I mean, it's just producing so many comics or so many comics moving there. I mean, it's doing everything. Do you think the, I don't know how old the festival is or if it existed when you first started, but do you think like, because Laughing Skull Festival, I know at some point was one of the biggest festivals in the country. And it was just like, as soon as I saw a friend get Laughing Skull, I was like, oh man, they are about to blow up. Yeah. So do you, do you think that contributed to it or what, or how do you? I definitely think, I definitely think so. There was, there was a long history where the Laughing Skull, and I say all this respectfully, Laughing Skull was the best Southeast comedy club in the country. Um, right now, I think that title goes to Zany's Nashville. Shout out to Nashville. But I think that. Good cover. Um, Good cover. We, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think the festival definitely played a part because it was also 
you know, I had the former Booker from JFL coming down. Mm-hmm. JFL arguably is number one comedy festival in the world. Wow. So you had that, you know, you had really dope. This was also the time when the Laughing Skull Lounge, and I don't know how nitty gritty y'all get into comedy on this podcast, but nerd out for a second. This is how, this was a time when the Laughing Skull Lounge was primarily like a classic uh, host feature headliner uh, oh, show okay. format, where now this is 2022, probably the last four, five years tops. Um, it's been more of a kind of a showcase okay. format. I didn't uh, know they had the old format back in the day. Yeah. See, I actually always, I until I started doing Laughing Skull, I didn't know. I, I just always assumed it was um, the old school like host feature headliner so when i first got booked for it i was like oh am i hosting what am i you know and then i got there and it was a showcase and i was like oh great i'm gonna get to meet so many more comics and like this is gonna be great yeah 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 and when it transitioned because one of the dopest things i appreciate about the laugh of skull because the laugh of skull definitely has been a club that cultivated you asked me about the first few years Mm -hmm. and that cultivation of not just with comics and peers but also of craft right of working the jokes, working the material, figuring things out, finding your voice, right? Yeah. All those things matter. And so uh, one of the dopest things that the Laughing Skull does, and I'm sure some other clubs around the country do it, but they have like a residency, like for a month where yeah, yeah. you would get a chance, especially with the old format, you would get a chance to host, feature, or do guest spots for a whole month. And you know, you're working with headliners coming in. So you get a chance to watch headliners, get a chance to perform, interact, network with headliners, you know what I'm saying? And so that was a really, then you do shows Thursday through Sunday for a whole month, extended sets, paid in front of a, a, a hype crowd. It was, it was just a great time that everybody was fighting for. Yeah, that, that was a thing in Boston. The comedy studio used to, and they still do it, but they would do a comic in residence. Um, still they're mostly showcase um format mm-hmm. as well but you would have to open every show so you wouldn't host but you would open every show okay and i think opening when you can get good at that 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 just completely changes who okay. you are as a comic you know yeah. so a lot uh, of doors early on you know yeah yeah and zanies does something similar as well where someone will host for a month and mm-hmm. they'll do like the monday wednesday shows and then eventually okay. get on the weekends but yeah no it's and that's great i mean it's like i especially as a young comic or like kind of you know a couple years in that first time that you're like, I'm going to be on stage every night this week. Yeah. It's not mics. Like, this is amazing. You know, yeah. and, and it just, it does. It changes your writing. It changes everything. Right. You get that shot in the arm early on, man. That, that goes a long way towards what those next few years are going to look like. Yeah. yeah. Cause you also get a chance to quickly see, you know, you're figuring yourself out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're figuring out not just your work ethic and, but you're figuring out your process. And, you know, I love talking to people about their process, their writing styles, things of that nature, because, you know, I mean, I've met hundreds of comics, usually 99% of the time, everybody's doing it differently, some shape, form, or fashion. Oh, I only write on stage. Well, I sit down, I set a timer, I write on my computer. Yeah, I use notebooks. Oh, I'm a Google Docs. And just figuring out what works best for you, you know, especially in those first early stages to set your foundation up is paramount. Yeah. And, and maybe even being flexible and adjusting it as you go on too, being like, all right, well, right. you know, the notebook's not working the way it used to. So right. maybe I'll either get a bigger notebook or I'll just, yeah, move to my phone or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, cool. So you're, yeah, so you're starting to do regular sets and everything. Um, did you start going on the road at any point 
Well, I know you do the road, but I just mean like, was there a point where you're like, all right, now it's getting a little, getting a little antsy. Uh Uh I want to get out there. Did someone invite you out there? So to be honest, I was, so for myself being a dad early on, I had to kind of think differently a little bit with Mm -hmm. that. And so this is the start 2010 by, Oh, and so just a side note, I don't know if you want to make it a side note, but I move. <laughs> so I started stand up 2010. And then in 2012, I actually go live in China for a year. Oh, I'm living. <laughs> minor, minor, minor note. <laughs> I go, I go live in Shanghai for a year with my wife, with my son, and I continue to do stand up overseas. That, if we want to get into that, we definitely Yeah, please, because I want to know how in the world that is not only doing comedy in another country, but that early on. Yeah. yeah. You're what, 23 years old? 24 years old? Yeah, I'm about to, yeah, about somewhere around there. It is, without a doubt, it was one, not only one of the best decisions just as a person, family, but like as a young comic, oh man, it was, it was great for me. It was that shot in the arm for a few reasons. One, um, I had I had a strong foundation. I was kind of pushing each other, holding each other accountable. And we all kind of at that moment, if we were honest, kind of like, yeah, we in, I think. Like, yeah, we yeah. in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I go over there, like, I had to start from nothing. Now, mind you, there was a strong foundation I didn't know about yet. But I was like, all right, let me try to figure it. So I get over there. I give about three months. And I just start calling and probably emailing. What time is this? 20 kids. Emailing, um, DMing, um, you know what I'm saying? Being used to try to start a show in Shanghai. Yeah. And um, I start a show. And then I connect with uh, some people who have become some great friends uh, later on for the Kung Fu Comedy Club in Shanghai. And I don't know if y'all know William Childress, but great like comic here in Atlanta. We met in Shanghai. And he's here in Atlanta now. That's fantastic. That's um, crazy. What was dope about China was a few things. One, what I had to quickly realize, because I got in with this comedy club, and we were doing shows like three, four nights easy a week at this club. Yeah. And Shanghai is, at that time anyway, it was the largest city proper in the world. And it was diverse. And it was eclectic. Um, so you had people, you had expats. Right, you have people living abroad, studying abroad, people from all over the world there. And you also had natives who were bilingual, more mm-hmm. language than that. So what you had to do was that I had to force myself two, three years into comedy of finding those common human threads. I can't just rely on cultural reference, uh, pop references, you know what I'm saying? Just American specific ease. Like mm-hmm. I had to figure out things. There's 12 people from Finland. There's eight people from China. You know, there's two Americans. She's studying abroad. You got this room of 80 international people. What are some threads that's going to bring us all together for these next 15 minutes? So it really pushed my writing, my style, my thought um, to another level. And I'm I'm forever grateful for that. Shout out to you for being a young comic that put that together. You know, a lot of comics are like, I'm going to do me and I don't right. care if they like it or not. Right. So, I mean, shout out to not only going to China, stepping out of your comfort zone that early on, but also being like, all right, let's relate to everybody in here. Yeah. It, it was, it was such a, it was such an eye opener because for myself and I, and I know everybody's not necessarily the same. When I heard Chris Rock say something early in my, in my career and I, Chris Rock's my goat. Just, just, a, just a statement about who I am. He's, he's my favorite of all time. 
And he said, I wanted to be able to take my act, kill it at the Apollo, and then take the same act and kill it like at Carnegie Hall. And for me, that mindset of one wanting to travel and take these jokes and bring joy to people's lives wherever I could go, I'm down for that off top. Um, And two, being authentically myself anywhere and everywhere, now, sure, I'm going to adapt. Maybe I give you more energy. Maybe I do some here and there, but I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you me wherever I go. And so there in Shanghai, and I traveled a little bit uh, in China in general, you know, I really had to uh, quickly understand that. And I'm grateful for that because I think, you know, what, what I started doing as a lot of is on the album now, and even who I am as a comedian, I think about all right, not just only am I thinking about being authentically me, but I want to try to make every possible person who hears this laugh. Yeah, I love that mindset. I, I, I share a similar mindset. I want to be able to do, I want you to see my set and uh, a retirement community or, you know, down the street at Zany's or at a club I've never been to in New York. You know, mm-hmm. I want to do the same, same jokes. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that we were like, hey, did, when, when did you start doing the road? And you're like, yeah, I went yeah, to China. China. <laughs> <laughs> I like my head up like Savannah, like you check out Savannah or like what were you? <laughs> yeah, Birmingham's nice. Yeah, yeah right, right. So how was it coming back to Atlanta after that China experience? So I didn't come originally back. I did a year in Texas. Okay. We went to Texas. What part of Texas? Um, well, we just try to get on our feet and my, my folks and her folks, my wife, uh, we lived with her. I lived with my in-laws for a year, had a second kid and I did the year in Texas and that was dope and not to get too much into it. Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, is really interesting. Uh, so it's probably uh, respectfully like a tier, it's probably like a tier two-ish scene, but it's real, real club heavy. Like okay. it was like eight clubs oh, in wow. like 40 miles. It's crazy. Okay. And so I got in there and what I had to do, I was all about for that year, seeing what went from China, what was solid in the States. Not that it couldn't be, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't just, you know, like, was I, was I living in reality or perception? Right. Gotcha. And thankfully, you know, it all, you know, transferred. Uh, I feel like funny is funny. And so that yeah. was dope. That was cool. But I knew I didn't want to stay in Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's like, that's right, a that's an extreme, right? China to Dallas, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> straight up, straight mm-hmm. up. Right. We went from we we came back in like November and we left there. Coldest winter ever was Beijing. Get to Texas, it's like 72 at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Just culture, climate, everything shot. All of it. But we, but I was like, I gotta get out of here, and so we yeah. moved back to Atlanta in 2015. Okay, and that that was challenging for a little bit because we were in different spaces at the moment. Like mm-hmm. some of my friends stopped. You know how it goes. You've seen people come and go, yeah. right? So some of them had stopped, and then uh, David, David had the keys to the city, <laughs> so I come back, <laughs> and David is the man now, and. Um, and so I kind of had to just get my bearings for like those first six months. Uh, but after that, it was off to the races. Yeah, that's not yeah. a bad person to have, uh, have, yeah. have the keys of the kingdom. You right. know? It's like, hey guys, so who's doing this? And then you're like, oh, my best friend, the guy I started with? Yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so what what happened? Take us through 2015 to to you know when you know yeah. when, when did um I feel like when Clayton won last comic standing that put a huge magnifying glass over the city Fair. and the like I you know I was already doing comedy in the southeast so I knew about a lot that Atlanta had to offer but the nation now know yeah. what Atlanta had to offer yeah. Yeah, that was that was a dope time. I remember watching that. I was like, yo, this man's gonna kill it. And he did, yeah, of course. He's dope. One of the best out here right now. But those next few years in Atlanta specifically were really were really big because I was like, I this whole journey, right? And I, this is my this is gonna be my 12th year. What about you two? How long have you been doing this? Just hit 10th. Yeah. 2000, uh sort of 2009, but I would say like more like 2011. Okay. Um, so, so this whole time I had been like, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm committed. I do China. Then I come to Texas. Like, yeah, I'm in it. When I come back in 2015, we're pregnant again. We got a third kid on the way here. And I'm like, all right, this, this is it, bro. You're 30, like, or whatever you are at the time. You got your family, man. Like, are you in, or are you out? And so I yeah. come back 25. I'm like, this is where I want my home, my family to be, Atlanta, Georgia. And I was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a comic. Like, like not stop the nonsense. Like, cause I, I went back to teaching. I taught in China, taught in Texas. Again, that stability was such yeah. a huge relief. I could take it anywhere. I always need teachers, right? Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to teach as long as I need to teach. But when I don't, it's Rap City. And so for the next few years, man, I just start grinding. Then I start doing the road in the country uh, a little bit more, David and I. And then we pick up another great friend, Nathan Owens. Uh, we started doing a podcast together called 4 Through 10. I was going to ask, is that, is that, because I also have a, a football podcast and that helps me live my, my sports center dreams. <laughs> I was like, how, how does, how does that translate to this is what you originally wanted to do and maybe what yeah. got you into entertainment in the first place? How's, how's yeah. that? Yeah, it um it, it was a great it was a great combination. I, when I moved here, David knew Nate, and then he introduced us, and then um and then it was just it was gold. I mean, we're we're peas in the pod now, and so it was a great way for us to to do a few things. One, it is it has led to a few different opportunities, um like being able to travel. Like we've done some colleges because of the podcast. Uh, we randomly threw out a a minor league first pitch. Um, oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, <laughs> like we it's, it's created some opportunities for us that stand up could, but podcast also was able to do it, mm -hmm. and it just allows you to put put yourself, you know, in front of people on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. We do it every week that you're not in their city. You know what I mean? And so we've had fans come out. Like we had, we did a show in Nashville. We did a run, a couple, maybe 2016, 2017. We hit Chicago, we hit Nashville, we hit Memphis, and as a, uh, we hit Pittsburgh, Kansas. Side note, Pittsburgh, Kansas. Listen to me, comics, if you're listening. What? I don't know if that bar is still open, um, but Pittsburgh, Kansas, there's just one small bar. Uh, shoot, I got to think about it before. Uh, TJ, TJ Leland's. TJ Leland's. My that wife's from Kansas. I have to ask her about it. Okay. That show was insane because you're their talent. You're the entertainment for the town. Oh, I love those that. small town spots, man. Bro. They're just like, we're so happy you're here. So happy you're here. All the merch. Took yeah. all the merch. Yeah. Autographs. 
We're saying hello to babies. Like, it was ridiculous. TJ Leland's Pittsburgh, Kansas. Trust me on that. And so anyway, Nashville, we go to Nashville, we do a house show and um or some really weird show and uh, <laughs> all right you know, <laughs> yeah, where I podcast, like, july 2015 and this is i think it's like summer 2016 and two fans of the podcast randomly without messaging us come to the show oh, cool. and our minds were blown our minds were like what like one one girl great great person she's been with us for years she lives in Birmingham, so she drove up. And then another wow. dude, he lived in, in Tennessee, I don't remember where, and he drove over. And, and after that, it was like, oh, okay, we're we're going to go hard with this podcast, too. And so for us, the road, we started doing the road more, started going out, started for those next few years. That 2015, 2019, those probably my revital, I was revitalized to go hard with it stank out a like bunch of make this sets going but those were some really pivotal years as well nice and you're just building up your time you know just building just it bro. clocking that time that's building great. up to 2018 because that that's when games change in 2018 i was able to go full-time with comedy hey oh, there we go cool. okay okay okay, okay. That, so i was able to say goodbye to com to education right i had been working both of them at the same time for a decade and I was able to do that. And my two main sources were colleges and cruises. And, and we can talk about as much or as little as y'all want to talk life. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I do that for two years. And then in 2020, I had just, in February 2020, I hit New York, whole week, loving life on top of the world, I felt like. And then I get back off a ship March 11th. And then the world crumbles. And I had planned to go to New York again, LA, Seattle, and Austin. Like I had some travel. Oh, like I was trying to man. level up. Yeah, yeah. Like third year. Of well, I was seeing, I was seeing your name everywhere, man. So yeah. I, I, I hear you on that level up. Would well, let me ask you this: would, would you prefer a good run of college shows, or like a, just a killer week on a on a cruise ship? Great question. So, so one answer is the colleges because it's more money okay that's fair. <laughs> hey that's fair that's yeah. but on a craft on a comic side it's the cruises okay. i don't know if you ever talked to anybody in the present day who's done cruises and had a good or bad experience i'll speak for myself thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed it i worked with carnival for two years they have comedy clubs that are designed like comedy clubs on the ship we're here for comedy the lights are low the ceiling's low there's a host we're here for jokes okay so that's already dope and then you have to do at that time anyway i'm, I'm pretty sure it's still the same at minimum you have to have 90 minutes so you have to oh, wow. do you have to do five sets you have to do clean and you have to do it twice you have to have two different that's 30, clean is 30, and then two different half hours for adults, right? So let's say Will, he does the seven o'clock, he does the clean, then Will's got another family, he can repeat that clean, that's his two clean. Okay. And then you can have uh, three adult shows, one can be repeated and two have to be different. So you have a base oh, of 90. Wow. So you're talking about building material, fine tuning material. I ain't got no friends on a ship. 
I'm listening, right. fine-tuning, listening, fine-tuning, trying new stuff, right? With the mindset, I'm not doing stuff for the seed. I'm doing stuff that's going to go everywhere, right? Right, right? And the reason why I really lean on, the, on that was because it was, it was America on those ships. It was 22-year-olds on break. It was, you know, retirees. It was middle-class people working hard on a vacation. Like yeah. You had a little bit of everything. You had conservative, you had liberal, you had are we pouring out of uh, Baltimore? You had primarily black crowds. You had primarily white crowds. Like it was, it was everything. So uh, if that answered the question. Yeah, no, yeah, for no. sure, man. I'm very jealous of just the diversity of crowds that you've been in front of, man. Just sitting there, just <laughs> tracking it off like overseas, cruise ships, college. It's, it's, it's been a journey, man. And I, I think, I don't know, if there's, if there's one thing I want to talk with comics, it's like, it is not always the easiest because of your scene, your location, time availability, yada, yada. Like continue to push yourself, especially in my opinion, as you get more seasoned in the game, it can, we can, we can fall into habits, right? We can, mm-hmm. we can fall into comfort zones, you know, things of that nature, but continue to push ourselves type of rooms, type of material, you know, things of that nature to keep growing uh, as comedians, I think it's crucial. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Talk, talk us up to the, the album. How did the album come about? So the album is a, a thing that, to be honest with you, every, everything that I've gotten in my career has been DIY independent. Right. One thing about me that's important to know is the Damon Sumner is a cold email connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> All the dope shows have you ever seen or heard about me getting a cruise agent, me getting a college agent, and whatever little credits I got, those are nobody's been knocking on the door for me. Right. That's yeah. me been saying, I'm gonna put in the work, turn off the TV, create databases, find people, and email them with a professional email. Yeah. Um, As we've witnessed firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, if 20 comics hit you up. 17 of them are, were not professional. Three of them are cool. One's got an EPA. One's also got a headshot, right? Yada, yada, yada. Something's going to stand out a little bit. And so I say all that to say, I was doing this all DIY, but the album was the one thing I didn't want to do independent. The album was one thing I personally did not want to do DIY. And so in twenty late 2020, early 2021, I was like, all right, legacy, body of work looking back, I think I feel good. I feel ready. And so I started reaching out to labels, realized that wasn't as difficult and heard back much faster than I thought. (laughs) And and, and locked in with Helium. Helium has been amazing. And so yeah, the album's coming out March 25th, March 25th. I know who I am and I'm I'm very excited about it. That's That's going to be awesome. The culmination of of the 12 years, huh? Yeah. Uh, it, It is... It is, it is probably about, so I made a business decision here and I'm going to be honest with you guys. Right. My first, my first podcast on this circuit I'm doing, like um, it. it was a business decision and, you know, so I've got nine years of greatest hits over here somewhere that you've been working. Right. right. And then I've got probably the last three years, give or take a lot of new stuff. Not that I'm more excited about, but that's just more fresh. Yeah. And I was like, how much do I want to weave in? And, you know, like I said, um, I'm trying, I'm teaching now. And I just told my principal uh, of this recording uh, at the beginning of February, I'm not coming back. My wife and I, we talked about, I was like, 
you're gonna jump you gotta jump because i would hate to be back in september teaching and just hating every day i was like man let's go let's get back to doing what we do and so with that i was like all right income multiple streams right and so business mindset comics if you're listening here you got to talk about the stage you got to talk about the business side i was like all right i need i need this serious money i need this pandora place so one thing about myself uh, comparatively is that i am a cleaner comic just who i am that's authentically me and so i was like all right well let's take all of this clean stuff that i feel proud about boom pretty much make this 85 percent 90 percent of the album because if i'm gonna say goodbye to teaching and that's salary and that stability i'm optimistic that my work will be able to create some revenue for me to help me keep going so uh, I got a lot of greatest hits on there. I'm excited about it. I'll sprinkle some new stuff as well. But that also allowed me to feel confident about this hour I want to tour with. I'm, I'm going to, I'm planning my first tour this summer. So I'm going to try to sell merch, shout out the merch, sell mm-hmm. the album, and then have a new hour to perform. There you yeah. go. So how was the experience at Good Nights? Because have you been there before or was that your first time doing that? Never, man. He, shout out to Helium for, you know, opening up spaces I had never been in. First time there and they were great. They, you know, the crowd was great. Staff's they, amazing, too. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, you know, uh, my contact manager here with uh, with Helium was great. Um, and it was just dope. It was just a dope experience. Everybody made it fantastic. Had some more podcast fans come through, which was insane. Oh, cool. And yeah, it was just a night out. It was just a night I'll never forget, man. That's awesome, man. It's cool that you were able to record in front of because so Drew and I just recorded his album last weekend in Wilmington. Congrats, congrats, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Dead Crow. Yes, sir. Dead Crow. Yep. Um, but kind of like a similar experience. It was really cool for I'm sure you had the same experience, but having actual Damon Subner fans there. And you know, Drew had Drew Harrison fans. So it was so it was really cool to watch. Uh, it's a, because it's a game changer. Yeah, because they know your personality. You know, mm. they know what to expect. They're not going to say, you know, because comedy, like, that's the whole thing is like, you can, you don't know who's showing up at, at, at the club, right? At all. And so someone would be like, this guy's the greatest guy I've ever seen in my life. And the other one's like, I'm going to wait out back and beat the crap out of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so to have like an actual fan base that showed up to support and laugh and have a good time. Like, I'm, that's, that's, good. that's great. I'm sure the album's going to be fantastic. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, it, that's very true. I think that's where all comics want to get to the point. And it ain't even got to be a theater, but it's dope if you can look in a, a space, a club, a arena, a brewery, but there's people who are there for you, right? Yes. They're there for you. If you make, you know, maybe you work up, make an inside joke. It's like, oh, ah, yeah, that's a, you know, thing. Or they're just seeing two TikToks. And it's like, I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> which side note, and, and I, I, I want to say, I want to be, I want to be honest and say I'm going to assume the best. That's one thing I've been working on is assuming the best in people. I did Idiot Box. Love Idiot Box. Maybe October, November. No, I did it. I did it right before the album, right? Warming up. And a woman comes in, middle-aged white woman, sweet, had a great time. And she says to me, first time I had ever heard that, only time I've heard it since. She says, you were great. Thanks for the show. We came because I saw you on TikTok. No way. Shut your mouth. She said no. And I was like, you think it was me? And I was like, I'm assuming the best. I'm I'm assuming the best now. (laughs) Oh, she's like, yes, it was you. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna take it. 
And uh, don't know why I shared that tangent, but all that to no, say, uh, no, it's funny. I mean, because you never know who's like that could be her favorite thing is sitting on the couch watching TikTok. You never know, bro. You never know. And now, if I come back to that city, right, then you're there. You're a fan of me. You see my craft. You know, right. you know, whatever thing. That's what it was. That's why I brought that up. But that's no, that's a positive of TikTok for stand up, right? Because. Okay. You want someone to see like, oh, that comedian is funny. I want to go see all their jokes as opposed to being TikTok famous and they get to sell out a major club and then you get there and you're like, oh, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. so. my, my Chris Rock, he says, I got like eight Chris Rock quotes. He said uh, something that me and David, uh, uh, we really kind of live by. He said, you never, he said, you could be seen too early. You could never be seen too late. And, and, I, and I think there's a lot of truth in it. Yeah, because you, you go back. I mean, especially, you know, 10 years in, I had this amazing opportunity to record this album, like home club, just the stars aligned perfectly. You mm -hmm. know, like family was in town. Friends were in town. I saw people I hadn't seen in years. Come on, man. Um, and it's just um, uh, uh, you you think that five years ago you were ready for this. And you're so glad you didn't get that opportunity mm -hmm. back then. Yeah, no, nah, that would have that would have been that would have been hot at all. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that I'm trying to run back through this hour, like, ooh, five years ago. Ooh, definitely. I didn't have, have that tag. That, that bit was that. in there. That story was weak. <clears throat> Just thinking you're on top of the world, like I'm ready. Why am I not on Comedy Central today? And you're like, oh, that's why. Oh, that's why, right there. I didn't find <laughs> that pizzeria. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, real quick before we get out of here, because Damon, I could talk to you for another hour and a half, but. Uh, What's the state of Atlanta like right now? The state, to be honest, we're 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 in the middle right now. We are not uh, at the glory days right now. Mm -hmm. Several venues didn't make it, uh, which has been you know unfortunate. You know, there's still there's <laughs> so the joke has been you know Georgia's been open, but at Atlanta, Atlanta, the city, <laughs> the blue dot has not been fully all that open. Yeah. Um, and so things are trying to get there. You know, I've got a few of my shows back and things of that nature. So I'm I'm optimistic that by the by the end of the spring, I think we'll be back where we know to be. But all the clubs are back, but there's still several dope DIY grassroots independent shows that aren't back yet. So you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, I want to come to Atlanta today. Hold on, hold on, hit me up because I want your trip to be dope. But we're moving in the right direction though, okay. man. For sure. Good. Good, good to hear, man, because I love Atlanta. I can't wait to get back down there. Well, nice, man. What you got planned for uh, for the rest of the year, getting out there, getting this, promoting this album and whatnot? That's it. That's it. What I got, man. I've got a, I'm building this summer tour. I'm trying to get together. I just pretty much locked down a Denver week. My first time in Denver. Oh, Denver I rules. About that. Yeah. Uh, I, I only hear good things about Denver. Yeah. That's all I hear. It spoils you. I mean, we're going, we're going back in uh, late August, early September. I try and go once a year now because you, it's just, there's so many shows. Crowds are always packed. They're just always good. It's yeah, mm. it, it really spoils you, and you're like, mm. how are we not talking about Denver every day? <laughs> I hear it. That's all. That's literally the only thing I hear. I only hear good things. So that's really kind of the anchor right now of the tour. That'll probably that actually kick off the tour, and then I'm gonna try. I'm looking. I'm trying to go through. I'm trying to do about four or five weeks. This is my first independent tour. So I'm trying to do like four yeah. or five weeks out in the road solo, man. So, yeah, man, I'm hyped. So follow me, man, on Instagram. I don't know if we plug it or not. Can I plug yeah, it? Nope, please it? tell them every, um, everything. Love for you. Rock with me, man, over on Instagram. Um, Damon Jr. 2. That's D A 
M-O-N-J-R, the number two, Damage Junior 2. Uh, we're having a good time over there. We're making we're making videos. We're having a good yeah. time. But yeah, that's where I'll be posting dates and things. Okay. That I, I was gonna ask, is that where they can find out if they're yeah, if you're coming definitely. to a to a city near you? And what yeah. about the uh, the podcast, Fourth and Ten? Where can they check that out? Fourth and Ten is on all platforms. Again, me, two other dope comics here. It's a good it's a good time. I mean, I don't know how you feel about uh, sexual innuendos or with your sports, but it's a good it's a good concoction. <laughs> I'm intrigued. it's a good concoction four to ten all platforms nice well thank you so much man i appreciate you coming uh out here i'm awesome that these uh hope to see you out on the road promoting your album while i'm out there promoting mine so it'll it'll be good hey bro because that's the best is when you're like wait you're in the city too all right (laughs) yeah i appreciate y'all having me on man this was a great time always dope to talk with other great comics thank you thanks for coming on appreciate you All right, everybody, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Share us with your friends. We'll see you next week.